The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. There have been a lot of celebrations in Sinn Féin over the past couple of days after their success in the council elections in Northern Ireland. They've upped their repu- representation by 39 over the weekend, making them now the biggest party at national and local level. The question, of course, is what's that down to and why the move away from unionism? Joe Brawley is a commentator, part of the Free State podcast, and he joins me now. So, Joe, is this a triumph for procreation? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it's very interesting when you watch, you know, uh, you know, a, a whole community who have been conditioned to be in the ruling class. I mean, and it's not their fault. You know, it's not, I mean, the, the North was set up to fail. It was a dystopia. It was based on a sectarian headcount when it was set up in 1921. And, you know, it it was fascinating, I think, over the last week to to watch the reaction as all of this, you know, starts to transform and and, and fall apart. How do you characterise the reaction? Well, I mean, a a, a good way to, I mean, two things struck, struck me very forcibly. You know, that sort of automatic sectarianism of the ruling class where at the weekend, a very respected journalist from the uh, unionist tradition wrote, you know, and, and also an editor of a newspaper wrote that the Sinn Féin tidal wave, which has swept Northern Ireland, can be traced back to the, mater- <laughs> the mater- I can hardly say this, the maternity wards of Ulster, <laughs> which, which harks back to Dr. Ian Paisley's famous speech where he thundered that Roman Catholics breed like rabbits and multiply like vermin. And, you know, this... Well, uh, Joe, it has to be said, though, shorn of the willfully pejorative language, is there some <laughs> truth in it? <laughs> it's, uh, I mean, it, it really, it's very difficult, I think, to, I mean, I think that the, the way to deal with it is, I mean, I've found it tremendously amusing. I mean, Danny Kennedy, the Ulster Unionist Party grandee, he was uh, being interviewed on The View on the BBC. And, you know, it was very, very crestfallen about Sinn Féin's performance. And and he said that he complained bitterly that Sinn Féin winning so many seats was, quote, undemocratic. <laughs> and so I think what you're seeing is a community having to come to grips now with a very transformed society. And, um, but answer the question uh, about the nature was, of that transformation, Joe. Yeah, is is the it, transformation a demographic one by virtue of the presence of a greater Catholic population by comparison to the Protestant population, or is it something else? Well, I mean, I think that I think that demographics don't account for it alone. I mean, you see, uh, I mean, there's been a huge surge in in the Sinn Féin vote, obviously away from the SDLP, and it seems from some of the other parties as well. I mean, the, the the alliance vote has held up very well. Um, but for me, the interesting thing about it has been that undercurrent of sectarianism and demonization. So I suppose what you had, you know, with the setting up of Northern Ireland and then, you know, the, the, the propaganda that has existed through the century is this sort of dehumanization of of the Northern Catholic and this reduction to, you know, breeding like rabbits and their subversives within the state and all of that, which was very much something that was taken up in the Irish free state. I mean, Conor Cruz O'Brien, who was the linchpin 
of probably the most repressive censorship laws ever introduced, you know, in a civilized European democracy. I mean, whenever whenever he sacked Mary Holland from the Observer, he sent her a memo stating that the killing strain of Irish republicanism has a very high propensity to run in families and the mother is most often the carrier. He said to her, it's a very serious weakness of your coverage of Irish affairs that you're a very poor judge of the North of the Northern Roman Catholic. That gifted <laughs> and talkative community includes some of the most expert con men and con women in the world, and I believe you have been conned. And don't forget that Conor Cruz O'Brien's legislation, uh, or you know, he was one of the driving forces behind that, was lauded in the South. And so that it became impossible to discern the truth about what was going on in the North. And, you know, you'd eventually the situation that if you wanted to see what was going on in Ireland, uh, you had to watch the ITV news. So, you know, this uh, I'm interested in this demonising of Sinn Féin, which continues in the South now. But could I you put know, it to you, uh, Joe, that to some extent you are representative of the kind of throwback attitude that you are criticising? This this characterization <laughs> of unionism as the ruling class, the 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 discussion of them well, as was. as willfully dehumanising, the throwing back to Conor Cruz O'Brien. Uh, to some extent, is this not all water under the bridge? And the current demographics and the current electoral success of Sinn Féin would suggest that the Northern Ireland in its entirety is moving on, and you might join them. Well, don't for, don't forget that. Don't forget that. I mean, the comments that I started with were made over the weekend. I mean, they're not they're not old remarks, but it taps into a vein of an undercurrent that's there, of this somehow, you know, this sense of entitlement. It's like, how dare they? How dare these Catholics do this to us? How dare they elect representatives <laughs> according to their own wishes? And, you know, that for me was the most striking thing about it. Like, obviously, these are the growing pains of a new society, Anton. And, you know, all the time, those old sort of sectarian barriers are are, are being broken. But until until you understand those properly, it's very difficult to to move on properly. Well, can you, can you, can you from your view unless, then, Joe? Unless you remember the past, honestly, you know, you cannot, you cannot reconcile. Talk to me a little bit about those growing pains, because what you describe now, if you are correct in the coming to terms that is happening within the unionist and within the loyalist community, we could be facing into a period where there is a great sense of disenfranchisement, where there is a sense of fear, where there is a sense of impending loss, all of those kind of things, which have significant implications for a broad community and how it reacts. They're some of the growing pains that we're going to face into what should we do? Yeah, well, you're absolutely right. You see, what what you're seeing is you see Northern Ireland. I suppose, like any other society, uh, but but particularly a colony like Northern Ireland, um, you know, it, it's it's afflicted with stereotypes, and because the education system is so segregated, I mean, we we were so concerned about that 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 my um, youngest boy, we sent him to integrated school to forge in Belfast, and it was a tr- tremendous experience, but. Because those stereotypes have become so entrenched, and because instead of leading, you've got you know uh, a succession of DUP leaders in particular who have continued to peddle those stereotypes, is it any wonder that that that, that people on the Shankill Road and 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 in the 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 deprived sort of loyalist areas of the north believe that you know believe that there's an enemy out there 
who's subversive and evil and will do all sorts. But it's the logical extrapolation of that then, Joe, that people like yourself who have a voice that is heard widely should leaven their language with more diplomacy and offer more of an olive branch to the other community. Well, I mean, I, I'm, I'm avowedly non-sectarian. I mean, I'll, I'll tell you a good story that, that sums up what I see as the problem. You know, and Peter Robinson, I think, was well on the way to transforming, you know, the unionist sort of um, attitude in the North before he was destroyed by the loony wing of the party. But I mean, I did a, I did a, I did a talk with um, Gregory Campbell at the at the Belfast Festival some years ago, and West Belfast Festival, and it was a very animated, very enjoyable, humorous sort of debate, you know. And and when we were having tea during the interval. Gregory said to me, he said, like, he said, like, I wish that the unionist people would have the confidence of your community in reference to how sort of open and refreshing the exchanges had been from the floor to Gregory. And I said, they will, Gregory, when you start leading. I mean, the problem is that if you keep sort of peddling these boogeymen in front of your community, you're going to keep believing them. I mean, if Jeffrey Donaldson keeps appearing with loyalist paramilitaries at events, at fringe events, standing on the back of a trailer, telling them that the union is at stake and they must fight, you know, with every fibre of their being to retain it, people are going to believe that. But how do you lead people into a future that can only be about the diminution of their influence and their tradition? Well, I mean, all, 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 all the future is going to be about is about equality. That's all it's going to be about. I mean, like the, the point is this, that, that you're now in a situation where the DUP are refusing to engage at all in politics. I mean, they are simply refusing to engage. And, you know, their calculation is, well, look, we'll just stave off the evil, the evil day for as long as possible because we have so completely sort of brainwashed our people that, that if we start to move towards real politic and reaching out the hand of friendship, Jim Allister and the TUV are going to start taking our ground. The DUP will probably splinter into a a hard wing and a more progressive wing. And where are we going to be then? So, I mean, essentially what the DUP have done is they've just said, well, look, we'll just just sit on whatever electoral success we have. We appreciate it starting to dwindle, but it's only a slow, slow dwindle. And... I mean, well, tell you what, then, Joe, because Brexit, that somehow Brexit would miraculously restore the supremacy that has been at the heart of their thinking. And like the, the bottom line, Anton, is this: look, like you know, the the huge factor in what the DUP have done is that they simply could not countenance serving under Michelle O'Neill, being subservient. It was fine when Ian Paisley was the big guy, and Martin McGuinness was happy to be his lieutenant. You know, it was fine all along, up on the last sort of three, four years, and now it's not fine. Indeed, but, now, um, now hang on for a minute, Joe, this, I mean, we, we can do it, no, but hang on for a second, we, we can reanalyze all of the various different strands of a Gordian knot yeah. until the cows come home, to, to really butcher two metaphors. If, and I, I hate to do it to you, but if you were advising the DUP, <laughs> how do you cut through that knot now? What's the ultimate solution that brings us to the sunny uplands? Well, you see, like you just have to be courageous. You just have to lead so that people are see that you're leading and moving somewhere. So, for example, the reason that Sinn Féin are absolutely dominant, and this is a this is a pattern north and south, is because they're leading. I mean, we see 
that 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 Sinn Féin and procreating, Joe. And, Don't forget the procreation. <laughs> aye, aye, happy rabbits, very happy rabbits. But that that you know that they that they attend the coronation, they they do things that they were ne- that they had sworn they would never do before. You know, they 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 constantly you know sort of reach out the hand of friendship. You know, and sooner or later, look, sooner or later it will be taken. I mean, I think we have a problem at the moment, which is that Sir Geoffrey Donaldson um, is is simply afraid. Don't forget that Sir Geoffrey was the one who abandoned Lord Trimble during the Good Friday Agreement. Talks. Okay, well, uh, this this is yet another strand of the knot. So unfortunately, no, time no, won't allow no, me. No, but it's not. No, but it's not, Anton. The point about it is that Quickly. I don't think Sir Geoffrey has the courage to see it through and to say, look, to take on the 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 right wing, to take on the embittered sort of side of loyalism and gotcha. say, look, lads, let's do business here. Let's move towards a modern pluralist society. Joe. Always a pleasure. Undoubtedly, there will be a lot of text. 53106 if you want to get in touch with any reaction or 087 1400 106. Thanks, Joe. My pleasure. 